Hey everybody, my name is Adrian. This is Josh, and, and you are listening. I stole your thunder, my boy, because you did it the last two times. I'm doing it now. You're listening to the Dirty Rotten, Rotten Church, Church Kids, Kids Podcast. Podcast. This is the show with two millennial dads talking about art, faith, and pop culture on the other side of the evangelical bubble. In my kitchen. In his kitchen. So, Adrian, how about you tell the people, this is our what podcast? Technically, this is our third recording. Yeah. I'm not sure this is the third episode. We're calling it, I think it's episode two, because episode one is actually episode zero. That's right. It's a whole numerology thing. (laughs) We're really into numerology these days, uh, because really three is two. So yes, welcome to the Dirty Rotten Church, kids. Um, What do we got on the docket for today, Adrian Gibbs? So today I wanted to start with uh, a little bit of news right off the top. Oh, hold on. Say that again. Today, I really wanted to start with a little bit of news. Ah, got all the sound effects useless. So the Christian world is ablaze with controversy right now. Who's talking? <laughs> I, this is not a, I didn't buy this. So there's some weird lady talking. This is I thought someone else was going to start giving the news. Did you copy and paste? This is just Did you what steal a random news segment? <laughs> this is Fox News. It's like snow, snow music samples or something. What I wanted to say is that the, the Christian evangelical world is ablaze right now due to yeah. the controversy surrounding one of their darlings, the 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 coolest uh, Christian comedian by the name of John Christ, not to be confused with John Christ. Yeah, I don't which know. that's a missed opportunity. You're, yeah, your name can't be that close to the Christ. That's so right. weird. But that's not why everyone's up. How in many arms. times do you think people? <laughs> how many times do you think someone's like John Christ? It's no, gonna happen all the time. I'm I'm pretty sure Chris is not his name. If my, <laughs> I would completely position myself. As John Christ. Yeah, I'm Josh Baptism. I'm a comedian now. <laughs> My name's Adrian Tongues. <laughs> but for why? a lot of reasons. Why Adrian? Why, why is Adrian Tongues? No, why is the the Christian world, which doesn't really matter, <laughs> ablaze or just going off about John Christ? Because so, I, I didn't know about this until uh, I, I did some digging on Twitter either. So it's kind of like under the radar. Yeah, for sure. And I think the way it works is that unless you are kind of in the sort of Christian or evangelical parallel. Mm-hmm bubble you really don't know who the hell this guy is yeah uh so just to lay it out there he is a comedian uh he's primarily started with i want to say youtube videos and yeah. then he has like instagram videos and like twitter and i think he did like some snapchat stuff as well yeah he had like little youtube skits that got pretty big um he actually had had past tense a netflix special coming out this month yep um he's had a couple things and called mean, uh, i think it was called i'm not praying for that yeah something and like then he had that. a book uh, plan to, to drop uh, untag don't me untag me yeah, yep, don't tag in me. March yeah and both of those got pulled and and so the thing is in, in the Christian bubble I mean and it goes for Christian music as well you don't have to be known outside the bubble to be successful and this guy was like influential he was selling out churches or clubs yep. um, he had a pool um, he was rolling he's running with John Acuff who was like pseudo Christian funny sure. slash professional make Satire. yourself better yes. life coach person yeah um, so he was, he was running with the big dogs, living in California, doing the big thing of comedy. And he was going on tour. He, there was this thing called winter jam, yep. I think, yep. which is like a big Christian festival yeah. with like the likes of our favorite band skillet, your favorite band skillet. You have a skillet, uh, tattoo across your chest. Oh it God. says, uh, throw me in that, in that skillet. It's just, it's just, if you look up in the dictionary and it's at rock music, that's what skillet is. But with a W. Oh God, it's so, it's so. R-A-W-K music. It's so bad. 
but yeah, so Winter Jam tour is going on, and, and it, it's like the it's just a bunch of Christian people going around doing music at different stadiums and stuff, and like this was happening maybe two years ago, and even then people were like bringing it up to Winter Jam, hey this guy's been accused of some stuff that's not really like, are you doing anything about it? And right. pretty much just silence. Do you want to talk about what that is? Well, we actually took the, the, Oh yeah. So, um, even going further back, John Acuff, the guy that we talk, like people know who he is, but if you don't, that's fine. It doesn't really matter. John a, um, he was, uh, helping John Christ in his career really early. And people were even coming up to John Acuff. It's like, Hey dude, there's been some stuff with this guy. That's not really kosher. What's the deal? So John Acuff actually like, hey, man, I, I really can't do business with you because you're kind of controversial and I don't really know where you stand. But then two years later, John Acuff gets back into bed with him. Figured it. Not, not, not no gay sex happening, which is fine. But I mean, that it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Got it. And so people were like. That we know about. Yeah. Who knows? But John, uh, people were like, John, what's the deal? So that's that was one thing. Um, another thing came out where um, he met up with this uh, couple in California. This is all from an article by uh, Charisma.com, I think the website Charisma is. Charisma News, I think. Charisma News, yeah. Um, and the, the girl said, uh, her and her boyfriend invited John over after a show because she wanted to have him on the podcast. So John was on, uh, John Chris was on their podcast, super nice. And she was opening up about how she has anxiety and has like a struggles with some mental stuff. And John's like, Oh cool. Uh, I'm a sex addict as well. And that caught her and her boyfriend like kind of off guard, but like, I guess that's cool. Cause he's opening up to us. Sure. Um, and then it just got progressively weirder where he'd stop texting both of them and just text her and try to push things as far as he could with her is so freaking weird dude. it was a particular part i actually read that article just before the episode uh that we're recording and he took her to they met up at either his apartment or at a hotel and he fixed drinks before they were supposed to just like kind of hang yeah. out and i think it, she took it as maybe more of a, a mentorship conversation and he poured her like a water bottle full of raspberry vodka yeah uh, and then he just like poured himself like whiskey or something mm-hmm. and so throughout the duration of the night they were just like really like going to town drinking and then he started using her inebriation maybe masking his own inebriation who's to say and he was making like a lot of sexual advances a lot of passes but he never wanted to go all the way because he wanted to stay a virgin i didn't read that what the fuck dude (laughs) that uh, that is so confusing you can't be like a molester a virgin molester (laughs) Dude, you can't do no, both. Only Christians can. It's so weird. It you, only exists I in think the he's the bubble. only Christian virgin molester. <laughs> oh my God. To me, whenever in the article, I'm like, this can't be, this has to be fake. I news. didn't know that. So he would like try and like do, do like go to third base with the girl. No, he would, he would, he would, he would have that conversation. All middle school boys do in church. How far is too far with a girl? And he would not cross that line. That's crazy to me that he, uh, in, while he's making unwanted, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sexually deviant advances, mm-hmm. he's also maintaining this weird ruse as if he somehow is on a, some sort of platform or like, yeah. even I have standards kind of a thing. Very weird. Even to add to the story where they were in his apartment with the vodka and whatever, they actually were at the beach and he was making advances on her while she's inebriated and like swashing through the waves, having fun. While they're in the ocean, he's like trying to kiss her and she's pushing him away. And like you said, it was she felt it was a mentorship relationship, but then it started to get weirder. But then she was tipsy and didn't really know how to control herself. And then once that story came out, a lot of other women had like this very similar experiences. Like what? Like um, like he would hold he was like, hey, you want to come to my show? Here's a ticket. Oh, uh, you're not gonna come. I mean, come backstage. Oh, then I can't give you the ticket. Like he would hold entrance to his shows over their head. Boy. And like how? 
You're not Louis C.K. Oh, Louis C.K. is a bad example because he was like jerking off in front of <laughs> girls. You're not John Mulaney, right? Right. But it is the the small little Christian bubble, so I guess it's kind of a big thing. He's in his mind, he was the John Mulaney of the he, Christian he was, bubble. He was the John Christ of John Christ. <laughs> I don't know, man. So the thing is, I I found his stuff mildly funny. Yeah. And when I ran across this on, on Twitter, I'm like, oh, oh no. And you ruined it. Yeah. You ruined it. And, Go ahead. Yeah. It's, I it's, it's I watched weird. a. This made me think of. I mean, this has been an epidemic, oh, and yeah. it's coming to light in the best possible way because, like, everyone's realizing, talk now. It's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Say something. Yeah. It's, it's been great. I remember though that I watched the R. Kelly documentary. Yeah. And that I feel that that was kind of one of the earlier instances where people started like holy shit this is like a thing that's been happening and one of the most interesting thing that i heard that really changed my perspective and forced me to kind of look at my own prejudices is they're like you don't understand the power that a person who is an idol or a celebrity has over someone who's young or early or starting off in that industry like if a person is not only do you look up to them um, but you, you think that they have a lot of power and they have a lot of pull and they start showing special attention to you. You don't, you, you, your judgment becomes impaired. You know what I'm saying? And so I, 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 for the longest time, I was like, come on, man. Like if, if some guy, you know, was like being famous, he to, was famous and I tried to get him to mentor me. And as soon as he started like laying hands on me, I'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Right? yeah. But I'm not, I've never been in that position. Yeah. You know, and if it always seems so much easier when you're outside. Of course, at... it's so easy to look back and go, Oh man, she could have just, did she really need to go spend time with him yeah. at the beach or whatever? But you know, when you're not there doing it, when you're not like, Hey, this is a person who I look up to, who I admire, who has been on my show. And mm-hmm. this could be the start of a great networking opportunity uh, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It, to me, someone even nailed it on Twitter. Uh, like he had all the signs of this was happening. He was single way past like he's like thirty, the old like older thirties. He's way single, like super Live, single. Yeah, he's like living the celebrity lifestyle. And and I I've been super involved in Twitter, so I'll stop referencing Twitter and I'll just say whatever. Uh, but I responded and I said I can't help but feel this is somehow due to the fact that the church completely miscommunicates sex. Or uh, sexual urges. Yeah. For you to say you're a sex addict, like that term is even debated against psychologists. Like that's even a thing. Right. Um, so that's kind of up in the air. But I mean, I think there's something to that because if he didn't come from a tradition that forces you to really repress and stifle mm-hmm. your own urges, then it, it would impact like a healthy, it prevents from having like a healthy understanding of sexuality yeah and i think that's kind of what you're saying yeah it's like if he's like look like i'm a human being yeah and i'm attracted to this girl we're gonna go on dates and we're gonna have sex or whatever it is mm-hmm. right but because he is like i will never have sex i will never he has cross to go and like, hold his it, tickets it, it, over it, people's head and like yeah. manipulate them to fit his sexual addiction needs that's uh, very weird it's like this weird very pe- weird penta and, and I'm, i can't begin to understand maybe it's a sickness or what i can't begin to understand what comes with that you know, or what kind of treatment or any ways of helping. I, I'm completely in, well, useless when it comes well, to Well, to like add that. to the story, to make it even like more weird, he apparently, he said, and he his 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 um apology was like sort of on the fence, sort of like, I'm sorry you caught me. I've been working on myself for a bit. Uh, uh, he went to some counseling thing. He said he got sought counseling for it. And the people who were um, reaching out to Winter Jam and um, Relevant Magazine who had him on and different churches who would host them said 
that he went to this one conference where it's like it's not really a counseling conference it's a conference about like it's something general like just being spiritual and getting yourself right he said that's he, he quoted that as his i'm getting help for people are like no you're not wow. so even in his, his apology people were like immediately going dude this is what's your apology that, that doesn't make sense yeah like nothing's lining up um so netflix is putting his his um his, his uh what's it called his special, special on on pause his book you said is yeah it kind of like just stopped it was set to release in march and now it's just not yeah you know and it's and like you said it is an epidemic i mean it's there's this huge and this is a great transition to the next story which is crazy but there was a big um uh, um article written uh, i think in houston one of the houston uh, newspapers this past summer about all these sexual allegations that the southern baptist convention had been uh stifling have been hiding and the people who were like had the allegations were actually coming out. The article is like days long. Like they wrote it over days. Um, me, my my friend, our, our friend Kishore gave it to me, um, and he sent it to me. I just, it's it's rampant. And and I, I think once again, it's due to the fact that, like you always said jokingly, but it's it's true. Like sex is horrible. Sex is gross. Don't ever do it. Save it for your wife. Like right. if, with that mindset, of course, like you tell people not to take a cookie. Don't look at cookies. They're horrible for you. You're gonna find a way. Right. You're going to take the cookie to your house and get it drunk and then throw it in the ocean and try to clearly. kiss the cookie. Yeah, or clearly. Or hold hold your show tickets over that God. cookie. Yeah, sure. if you want to go to the next story, but the sort of on, on the laurels of the SB, SBC, big old Johnny Mac. Yeah, we can. I mean, we, we definitely can. We were talking about John Christ, and we can kind of sidestep into John Michael. Yeah, they're all the Johns. All the Johns. Uh, so there was – I'm trying to think of the best way to introduce these, these folks because th- these are such – whatever. If you're not from – this sort of evangelical world, you probably won't give a shit about this, but I'll lay this out. But it's a, it's a good, like small study. Oh, for sure. How, oh my God. Like that sect of Christianity views women in the church. Yeah. And like it, women, it, in women in general. Yes, That's a really yes. good way of putting it. So speaking about the way that this particular section of evangelicalism views women in general, there was this, uh, article that was interviewing a, someone call like, a living legend yeah. of um, modern evangelicalism uh, because his name is John MacArthur and he actually is like a renowned systematic theologian. And for those of you who have no idea what that is, basically his job is to build content and write books for seminary nerds, yeah. people, seminary students. They can be nerds or not, yeah. I guess. And he has made his, his, his living on people saying the way that you interpret this Bible is the truth. Yeah. So he w- he's so influential. Like back in the day when I was super into Christian rap music and Lecrae was just coming out. Lecrae's this artist who now is b- busted way out of the Christian bubble. And then well, that's, that's a whole other thing itself. But he had a whole, he had a song where he dropped the Johnny Mac Bible. And that was, that was a, a, the John MacArthur Bible is his study Bible. The Bible that John MacArthur had gone through and like annotated. And I bought one. That thing is a weapon. It's I think I might have had one of those too. Dude, the Johnny Mac thing was a huge thing. Got like it. that dude was influential across like all the space in Christendom. Yep. yep. So, and it, and it wasn't an article. It was um at a conference. A conference. Got yeah, it. They asked him and a bunch of people. And, and so they asked him to do something where they would say, we're going to say the name yeah. of something or somebody. And we want you to give us kind word of the first word association. Yeah. The yeah. first thing that comes to mind. And they mentioned uh, a lady by the name of Beth Moore. And again, Beth Moore is a speaker, mm-hmm. teacher, author. Um, she is a Christian speaker, teacher, author. Yeah. And she has become kind of like 
a a beacon for a lot of young Christian people, but specifically Christian women who look up to her and go, this is a, a person who is knows what she's talking about, knows yeah. what she's doing. Uh, and she does like conferences and stuff too, right? She's done All like the, time. the passion she's conferences super, and all that super stuff. super encouraging, very gripping as a speaker. Uh-huh. Yeah, really good stuff. And so they, they said, so John, we're going to say the name. This is going to be a, an easy one. Remember you're being recorded or some, something. And he said, Beth Moore, and he said, go home. Yeah. And and then when he said that, it was the audience like, laughed. They, just like, the crowd <laughs> went wild. <laughs> like, it was, they were just, and it was just the most demeaning, condescending, and they thought it was hilarious. And his argument was, there has never and there will never ever be any uh, uh, biblical foundation behind a woman preaching or teaching at a church. It was like point blank stuff. Yeah. So th- this is the article from Relevant Magazine. But they said another man on the panel accused her of being a narcissist because of her preaching style. And then MacArthur then launched into a diatribe about how the church is caving in to women preachers. He went on to compare her to a TV jewelry salesperson and then went on to criticize the Me Too movement. And this is just months after the Houston Chronicle released the whole thing that I talked about. Right. So he's, like, he's, dude, you got to work on your timing, dude. <laughs> read the room. Come read on. the country. He did. He read the room. It was a bunch of white That's dudes true. in there. So, so the, the joke thing. killed. It <laughs> just <laughs> poorly. It, like, wrong, wrong decade, dude. The Go back to the killed. 1800s or something. Yes. He, he said that thing about, he said, you know, just because Gosh. you could easily sell jewelry on the QVC. It doesn't mean you should preach to men or or something like that. Come on, man. And I was looking to watch this video again before coming here. And I typed in Beth Moore, John MacArthur. And the most frustrating thing, I think, was all of the titles um, that of videos that would come up uh, whenever you search for those names. And here's kind of a let's see if I can give us an example here. Um, It's not coming up. Here we go. Go home, Beth Moore. Uh, what do we do with Beth Moore? Uh, Beth Moore changes her view on homosexuality. Beth Moore, false teacher. Andy Stanley weighs in on Beth Moore. Beth Moore contradicts herself. Beth Moore versus First Corinthians. It. Th- there is something about this, like, we are the heretic police. Yeah. And and you read a book that we're going to talk about later that mentions yeah. this in their intro that I fucking love. Yeah. But there's something about this, this, this environment that you and I came up in where it's like, everyone has to be really hypercritical yeah. about anybody who has to say anything. If you spend a little bit of time digging, you will find articles about Christian people who call themselves Christian shitting all over any other Christian who has the yes. slightest variation on yes. their interpretation yeah. of anything in, in the yeah. Bible. And it's like, I would say for me, just to kind of bring it into myself so it doesn't sound like we're just like regurgitating articles. I think for me, one of the biggest frustrations that I've felt with my own evangelical tradition is that no one can say anything without this hyper sensitive over policing so someone will post something a friend of mine will post something on facebook and they'll say hey just so you know god loves you because this that and the other there will be comments arguing like well be careful yeah. brother be careful brother because god loves you but yeah. god doesn't love your sin or yeah. you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's this this thing about like you constantly feel like you're on guard and why I, is that and i i can't answer that question but I want to, like channeling all the Richard Rohrness that I can, 
like give the people the benefit of the doubt. Like they're, I don't think they're evil when they say that. And I don't think they're doing it um, out of like just spite or just to be like, I'm better than you. But that's, that's kind of the byproduct of you correcting someone. And so if I correct you on a Facebook post and I log off of Facebook, I've won the argument and I feel better about my view. And then it's my, I kind of like um, sharpened myself. Like, okay, and now I'm standing taller. I don't ever have to check your status again. I just felt like I won. But I don't know if people are doing that on purpose. I think it's just a product of, yeah. I don't know. It, and I like, and, and I will say, like, I used to do that all the time. I don't even have Facebook anymore. Um, it was just the Russians were tracking too much stuff, and I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Fuck that. Guy, we have an orange dude. president now, so thanks a lot. Thanks, Mark. Facebook. Marky Mark. I, um, you know, you said something about you mentioned Richard Rohr, and yeah. I, what I love about Richard Rohr is he he talks about he said that because um, he came from the Catholic tradition, so mm-hmm. he's a Franciscan monk. For those of you who don't know, I'm a big Richard Rohr head. Yeah, and he said my tradition, the Catholic Church, we made the Pope the the mouthpiece of God Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways, like the brain of God and the heart of God, they elevated the Pope to this particular position. And he said, and what the Protestants did was they split up from the Catholic church and they moved and they made the Bible, their Pope. It's this paper Pope. And I think there is something, and and I know for a fact, we're going to come back to this so many times because so many of the frustrations that we've experienced and so many of the stories that we have to talk about come from a hyper literalist, uh, approach mm-hmm. to a book yeah. that is ancient yeah. and it's full of poetry and metaphor and truth yeah. and documentation yeah. and science, or, you know, because the, uh, the people who wrote the Bible didn't know they were writing the Bible. <laughs> so they were just writing like what they saw based on their point of view. Actually, I, we had some, I had some guys over uh, Saturday night to watch wrestling and um, one of them, we, I was cooking some food in the, in the kitchen. We got to a really good discussion about whether the Bible is literate or not. Um, he, he kind of asked me whatever we, and we ended up there. And so what did you say? Yeah. So I said, I don't think it is. I don't think it can be. And, and I don't think it matters. Um, because it's, it's, it's more beautiful and there's more to glean from it than, uh, just the paper and the words on it. Right. So if, um, Jesus says to love your neighbor, then it's literally my neighbor. And it's the people who go to, I go to church with, but like Jesus says, love your neighbor. Like that could be anyone. Mm. And there's a whole Rob Bell video that we were going to talk about later, but whatever, it's all the same. Um, in, in the video, he talks about that. Um, and then I heard it referenced. It's, it's another thing as well. Like, like if the Bible is literal, then it has to be one thing. But if, if, if it's this figurative metaphor poem at times, depending on the style of writing, like, the neighbor, like loving your neighbor, that can cause you to look inward. Like I can't love my neighbor because I don't love myself. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. So I think if you take away the seven literal days of creation, it's a story that we, uh, the Jewish people say Moses wrote it. It, it, It's a man looking at nature through like this beautiful kaleidoscope. He wasn't there, but the beginning, no one was right. If you think there was a, a, like a, a, a hands creating everything and no one was there, but he's writing what he thinks the the seven days are and if you look at it that way it's beautiful it's yeah. like a weird movie that you really don't understand when you walk out and there's to me like the Bible becomes more than black and white it's like every single color yeah and the stories can be reread and read over again and have different things and the good thing is you can also look at another book from another faith or read something by Rumi or go talk to your Muslim neighbor and there's truth outside of the Bible as well wow. I think I, th- I think like you said um, and you quoted Richard War, but the the Catholics having the Pope and the Bible being the evangelical Pope, that's kind of all we look at. We don't we we don't worship 
Jesus. We worship the Bible, and right. then Jesus happens to be in it, right? Right. Wow, um, that's really good. And, and so if if the Bible is, isn't is literal, I think there's so much more room for beauty, and it's more fun to read. Yeah. I think Rob um, Bell talks about that, too, because there's this— I think for me, so much growing up was about the Bible being literally true, mm-hmm. and it's like entire swaths of people are— segregated and divided based on how they interpret a particular line. Danny Prada was talking about, I'll mention this and then I'll go back to Rob. Danny Prada said, you know, so often you hear people go, well, the Bible, the the script, the the text is plain. Mm -hmm. The Bible is plain. Women can't preach or whatever it is. Right. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Yeah. Well, clearly that's not the case because if truly the Bible only said one thing and it is such an, uh, uh, undisputable fact, then there would only be one denomination. Yeah. And the fact that there are, what, thousands of denominations mm-hmm. right now, maybe I'm exaggerating those no, numbers. There, there's a lot. It, it's, yeah. it speaks to the fact that you can, in essence, point to any passage in the Bible and then have something to argue about mm-hmm. over it. And so I, I think Rabel was saying that we, we look at something like the Bible, which is this ancient text, and you go, is the Bible true? And it's like, well, the Bible never asked to be true. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you go to... Uh, uh, a symphony orchestra and you sit down and you listen to this song in what three movements. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you go, Hey, was that true? Well, you'd be like, well, if it, it, yes, it's true to the author and it's true. The impact that it has on my life. Mm-hmm. And it's true the way it makes me feel in that moment. And there's something in essence, inherently true to what's happening, but it, you're mislabeling it. Cause yeah. you're trying to fit it into something. It never asked to, to be in. It never asked to be true. And I don't think the Bible has to be true either. I think the Bible uh, is true. It just is. I and 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 the wall I continue to hit, not with like my friends or my age, people like older, like my dad, or other people I, I, I've talked to who are kind of like that a little bit older. Um, the thing I keep that I keep running into is they say that I'm like we are or this generation is walking away from the church because they want to, or the Bible isn't literal for you because you don't want it to be right. like to It would be so, it would be easier to have something that said, um, this is how to raise your kid at age two. You do this. It'd be easier to walk around life with a manual for everything. There's no manual for raising children. There's no manuals to being an adult because we drive cars and we follow the manuals on, you know, how yeah. to fill up your air. So yeah. it's like, uh, there isn't this. Pro- there isn't no. a generational problem with following the rules. No, 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 no. <laughs> and it, it's always like, oh, millennials don't want to be labeled like. Okay, boomer. Yeah, I, yes. ha cha cha. Yeah, I was going to say. I was that, waiting for. Thanks. Good, good job. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's the thing I keep, I keep running into. It's like, well, you're just looking for another truth. I'm like, no, like there's truth everywhere. Right. Oh, but you can't say that because it's not of God. I'm like, then then go back and quote Genesis to me. What did God not create? He created everything. Who is God's son? Or who's who are God's sons and daughters? based on what Jesus said. Everyone is. Right. Who did who did God die for, or Jesus die for in John 3, 16? The world. Right, right, right. And so, I don't know, man. You know, that's, I get super frustrated with that. I'm like, at, at this point, like, I, we can't even have a conversation because you just they're just like throwing these things in my face. I'm like, okay, okay. Then if you don't want to have a conversation, that's completely fine. That's true. I, we're looking at it at kind of a high yeah. level, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I want to bring it down to like a really specific level if yes. I can. Go so on. I've listened to a video as I followed the Bethmore mm-hmm. rabbit trail and it was with John Piper, famous John pipes. Yeah. Uh, it, if, if the Bible's the Pope, John Piper is probably the main archdeacon. What are the, what are the red I popes? I actually don't know. <laughs> Those are the guys in red, the Cardinals. Uh, he's definitely, he's definitely yeah, the he's King Arizona Cardinal. Cardinal. The King. Baseball. The baseball player. Isn't the King Cardinal a bird? I don't know. King man. Cardinal sounds like an old forties jazz band <laughs> that only played in like, um, what's it called? What he couldn't drink. 
Oh, speakeasies. Yeah, speakeasies. Yeah, bro. King Cardinal. The King Cardinal. We should that's form a, a side. That's a band. good. But you have to only play like and next Halloween will be King Cardinal. I'll go in blackface <laughs> and get in a lot of trouble. You will get in a lot of trouble. But the popularity of the podcast will skyrocket. <laughs> the three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Those racist guys are talking about it from the beginning. Oh my god! So what I was trying specific uh, John Piper. Okay, so Cardinal. so they asked John Piper. They said, yeah. John Piper, what do you think of Beth Moore? Uh, can uh, men vote a female pastor in? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to quote to you from First Timothy, and here's the passage. And basically, it's the passage, and I don't remember it because I don't read my Bible. Uh, the passage is basically saying that like a woman cannot hold authority over man because men came first and women transgressed. A woman should stay silent and I do not uh, permit her to speak mm-hmm. in church. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is that people will look at certain texts and go, hey, uh, why do you eat pork? The Bible in Leviticus or something said not to. And you're like, well, you know, that was a, a text of its time. Yeah, obviously yeah, now we've progressed choosing, to a certain point but this you can look at it and go hey nope, he's, he said women can't talk mm-hmm. it's not my it's not <laughs> yeah. me it's the lord saying yeah. that all women need to not talk it's ridiculous yeah, you we, know we would still have slavery yeah um because because the bible argued for slavery. anything you want to find oh, you, you will find, find. Yes, exactly. and prada said in the previous episode yeah. is that something can be biblical and not christ-like yes. because you can yes. follow it to the word the letter of the mm-hmm. law and then you can miss the word, which is yeah. which is Jesus, arguably. Yeah. Uh, uh, an analogy I was thinking about, and I've told this to you, mm-hmm. but I've been practicing my bit. So. Do it, do it, man. So if I was telling you a joke, yes, or I was telling you a story, mm-hmm. and I said something like, "You said something awkward," and I go, "I right, I'm a head out." In your mind, you're picturing SpongeBob SquarePants yeah. standing up off of a rocking chair, like his eyes half closed, walking out. Yeah. Okay. But if I told that to my son, "I right, I'm a head out." He would have no idea what the hell yeah. I'm talking about. Let's make it even broader, okay? Say I'm talking to you about politics. I'm going to go, hey, politics are great, but just remember, I did not have sex with that woman. Mm-hmm. You would go, that was from, that was Bill Clinton. He said that, and he was, a, he was a president. Now, if I told that to people a few generations later, if you're savvy, you might go, oh, oh that was yeah. from this one time there was a president who said I did not have sex with this woman. Mm-hmm. However, let's do this. Let's take that same line. Let's age it hundreds of years. Oh, yeah. And now let's change the language to Chinese. Okay. So now these Chinese Mandarin. folks are in Mandarin. Right. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I'm Thank racist. you. I'm, I'm a racist. Uh, I'm a Filipino racist. I can, <laughs> I can do it. Uh, uh, whatever. There's fancy Asian and there's jungle Asian and yeah. I'm a jungle Asian. So I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Using, using Ali Wong's bit. That's not Fair mine. Enough. And so these people who are speaking Mandarin take this text and they could, if they're savvy, say that was a president back then. And that's what he's referring to. Or they could go, well, he said, I did not, meaning you didn't have sex up until a certain point. I did not have sex with that woman. I think he means that no politician should ever have sex with women until after they got voted into office. That is the letter of the law. Yeah. That's the way it has to be mm-hmm. forever because he said so. Right? Yeah. But for some reason, and that's ridiculous in this context. Yes. But as soon as you remove the Bible from its context and you go, hey, they were writing to a particular population of people, they didn't think what they were going to be doing was supposed to be in tomes for generations. They were trying to communicate from point A to point B and the fact that we took it and hyper-literalized it. That's on us, man. Yeah, and even Rob Bell in that video, there's a video he has and it's called um, 
Rob Bell, does Jesus like Christianity? I think is the, the title of the video. Yes, I watched it. But at the end of the video, he goes, um, I think Jesus would be really mad that a religion was started in his name. I'm like, okay, that's not at a like um, special take. Right, it's that. a cliche, sure. But he's, what, what he followed it up with, in which I'm like, okay, that makes sense, um, is that Jesus didn't come to divide. And all of, all Christianity has done, and many other religions, but Christianity specifically, has caused more division. And that's all it continues to do, right? We have a lot of people who want to get into church, um, primarily like the LGBTQ community, and they can't come into church. Or we let them in the church, and they can only serve in a small capacity because our pastors are deliberating how how close can the gay uh, the gay guy who wants to uh, serve in kids ministry how close can he be to the kids? What are you afraid of, dude? Right. <laughs> like, I, it's not chicken pox. Yeah, it's it's so strange, um, and I think for so long, so many people who have felt on the outside have heard that the church was a hospital for sick people, and they try to go in and they're ushered out the back door so no one even sees them walk in they're like okay fuck all this dude yep like you're not coming like you're not providing what you said it would be you're not you're not loving us the way the guy you worship or you say you worship did yeah so i I found a tweet can i share that tweet with you hit me so this was by rachel held evans may she rest in peace yep and she tweeted this thing and i thought it was really interesting it said i'm just gonna read it there is a terrible cruelty to it baptizing them as children teaching them in Sunday school, hosting lock-ins and game nights in youth group, encouraging their calls to ministry, and then, when they work up the courage to tell the truth about their sexuality, kicking them out. Dang. So it's, it's, it's powerful and it's devastating, the culture of, you're welcome, but only if you, only if yeah. you subscribe yes. and you follow the rules yeah. and you, you know, make sure you're, you know, you're buttoned up and, and everything's tight. Um, what we can do is we can move over to, did you already talk about the, did you, is there anything else you wanted to unpack from that Rob Bell vid? Or do you think for no, the most I part? Mean, I, there's so much that I'm sure we'll get to another podcast when we have other people on. I, I could Great. just go on forever about the Bible and its literacy and how the church manages people and how they hurts people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Un- undoubtedly we will come back to this. Oh yeah. This has already been a kind of heavy podcast. It's heavy. Man. Yeah. You and I, <laughs> the last time, the last episode we talked about having sex during the <laughs> What was it called? Oh my God! Uh, during the wait, during the the apocalypse, people or, takes us, God takes us out. What's the, that called? Oh God! The, wow! Oh boy! We really are bad people. <laughs> Man, it, it, but that was the last episode. Yeah, uh, during the rapture. The ah, rapture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not having sex during the rapture. Yeah, you and I want to do Not this episode just to like shoot the shit, and it's like, yeah, I'm really? Serious? I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what I think we need to do. Yeah. There is a way that yeah. I think we can add some levity. Please God. And this is with our segment. That I like to call Sip, Smoke, Read. Sip, Smoke, Sip, Smoke, Read. Ay. So you know we read that shit. shit. Only sip the finest party lit. On my couch and I be so up. you're thinking, listen to these idiots. But here you keep on listening, and here you are, so listen. Made your pain corner to the latest book. Browse over, watch a show, just take a look. Probably cartoons. They call me Little Fishy for my hooks. Down by now, you gotta sip. Sip, smoke, read. Adrian Gibbs, what are you sipping? What you're smoking? What you're reading this week? So before, I I just want to say real quick that that was my alter ego. Yes. Sorry, how did I br- just brush over that <laughs> little SoundCloud ref you did? I am so I, sorry. I put a lot of work into that. I did not give that the space to breathe. You need to let that breathe. It's like <laughs> popping open a bottle of wine, bro. God, you let, so, it, let it breathe. That was so good. Um, when I you say, that say to me, 
I was yeah. very shocked when you texted that to me. I played it for my wife. She goes, is that Adrian? No, that's little Adrian, honey. I'm so sorry. this is my uh, rap alter ego, so uh, Lil Fishy. So um, and I didn't tell you this, but I want you yeah. to know that this podcast is actually just a vehicle to yeah. launch my SoundCloud <laughs> trap career. Okay, good luck. You need more face so tattoos. So I d- <laughs> need uh, at least one more face yes. tattoo. So this is our segment called Sip, Smoke, Read. And we're just talking about what we're sipping, what we're drinking, what we're chilling to. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, first of all, guys, I tried a new cocktail and the reason why i tried the new cocktail Mm -hmm. is because of a book that i was reading so i decided i wanted a book that was light that was i could pick up and listen to and put down and not have to really it's an audiobook that i can listen to and turn off so i decided on casino royale by ian fleming nice and it's fucking incredible yeah it's so good and so i finished casino royale real quick and then i started like kind of going down the rabbit trail of like these are short easy kind of light books and so i've just been like listening to a bunch of ian fleming james bond novels and so i went to dinner with Alyssa last night and i was like you know what i'm gonna be fucking james bond right now i said i would like a perfect martini my good man i've never had a martini did they know know what that was he didn't okay do you know what a martini is so there's so i don't know the glass it's served in okay (laughs) so a martini is three parts gin okay and one part uh sweet and dry vermouth okay and then there's like three Olives. Olives in it. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm going to be a martini guy. Yeah. Everyone says gin and tonic is an old man drink. I'm going to lean all the way in and be a martini guy. Yeah. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> Martinis are the worst. They're the I, worst. I sipped one one time and it just tasted like dry, hot air. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> well, it like I, made I my have, face puckers so hard. I would have gladly taken dry, hot air. Yeah. So here's the thing. You can either have a dry martini, which yeah. is entirely dry vermouth, not sweet. I think it's, it's like less vermouth. It was rough. Right? Or you could have a dirty martini, which essentially is a martini with olive juice poured into it. Olive juice? Yep, like the brine of the olive. Okay? Oh. Now, as, here's the thing. As gross as that sounds right yes. now, that would have been amazing compared perfect to martini? the rubbing alcohol. So a perfect martini is just that. It's just like the purest ingredients, right? Oh, just God. like the gin, the vermouth, yeah. and then uh, the olives, yeah. right? I would have preferred a dirty martini because it would have masked the fucking terrible taste <laughs> Of that vermouth gin combo. I like gin. I hated that. They also didn't have... Uh, they had a gin that I didn't love, but it was terrible. I, I remember drinking it and being like, oh, um, sir, excuse me, sorry, real quick. Can you give me like 10 more olives? <laughs> I'm going to need to chase every sip of this drink with that an is, olive. Ugh. So I learned a lesson. That's I'm not a, a, I'm a, not a martini guy. That. Yep, yep, first so, and last. So you did sip that, no longer sipping it. I, I sipped it, past tense. So uh, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Um, buddy brought it over. Man, it tasted like caramel and mm. chocolate. It tasted like all the notes it said it did. Oh, nice. And so many of these mom and pop were yep, hipster cool, ass. hipster, yep. weird-ass glasses with your twirly mustache. Can we talk about that? I hate when they have a, a tasting oh. note that no one has ever tasted before. Like, no, man. This is like, this tastes kind of like a eucalyptus skin. Like the like skin. blue sky. <laughs> Great. But what does Thanks. blue sky taste Suck. like? No, but it said caramel. It said chocolate. And I didn't read any of those. And I drank it. I'm like, oh my. This Hell tastes yeah. like, oh man. It was so good. Is, it, is there any left? Uh, no, I think it's there's gone. only four of them. They're like the four packs. Oh, so you know they're fancy. Yep, fancy. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I'm also reading a book uh, called Bitten by Camel by Kent Dobson. He was on um, Pete Holmes' podcast. Yep. And you sent me that podcast link. Yes, I did. I'm like, oh, I'll listen to it. I only have 17 other podcasts waiting. I'll just do that one. Man, it's I'm halfway so through it, and I convinced my dad to buy the audiobook. What does he think? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He asked me. 
um, t- the, he asked me what I thought of this one church service we went to, and I completely disagree with everything in the church service. And and like it's kind of like the book I'm reading, and just I don't think all these things. And then my dad walked away. <laughs> and so I texted him later. I'm like, "Are you mad at me?" He's like, he sent me like a really heartfelt text. Um, he's like, "I'm never mad at you. You're my best friend forever." Stop it right uh, now. I really respect you and all this stuff. Delete this text. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna read it and we're gonna post it in the yeah. in the in the so, uh, episode. So notes. he he also listened to the uh, what's the Bible? What is the Bible? Rob Bell book. We yeah. sort of talked about that, but um, he hasn't finished Bitten by a Camel. Neither have I. So hopefully, when I'm done, he can be done. We can actually talk about it. I feel like your dad is an example of the perfect dad who doesn't give a shit about tennis, but because oh, no. his kids into tennis, yeah. he's like, okay, exactly. I'm gonna do my best to meet you where you're at. Yeah. So I I love your dad. But to, to his credit, I th- I really believe the life he lives is not the life or not the thing he worships on a, or goes to church on a Saturday about. He is very on the fringe of society with everyone who lives there. The drug addicts, mm. the freaks no one wants to, to love. He's always been in that society and always be either been like rehabilitation or in the prison system. Like, And that resonates more with this type them. of stuff that you're oh, reading. Oh, yeah. He yeah. is way more in line with what I'm thinking. But book is really good. Um, he actually gets bitten by a camel in the first act ah, of the book no kidding it's not a, it's not a metaphor he actually gets bitten by a camel he <laughs> could was, you read if, oh yeah could, could you read yeah that? you can grab it while you're while you're looking for whatever he um he took a trip to israel he actually lived in israel for a good bit of time um him and his wife uh he, he uh, was looking kind of just to go back to where everything started and kind of get a better idea of the lay of the bible and he was climbing mount sinai and coming down from mount sinai a, a camel took his whole entire arm in his mouth like just bit him legit um, and they kind of use that metaphor. What part are you looking for? I'm looking for the the, the heretic police part. I mentioned it a oh, little shoot. bit. Oh shoot! Yeah, I I, Do you have I, it? I texted it to you. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Did you read it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I can read it. But... Yeah. Um, I'll I'll read it since it's my thing. It's your bro, thing, man. Here, I listened to the podcast. So for those of you who don't know who Kent Dobson is, I'm really hoping we can get him on the show. That would be I am incredible. I am so positive. He would never. Any, we can ask anyone we want. <laughs> we could. We could they definitely can ask him. No. So. So Kent Dobson was the pastor who took over Mars Hill Church after Rob Bell left it. And Rob Bell left it because of the controversy. One of the reasons was the controversy surrounding his We talked about it in the last podcast with Daniel. That's right. Yep, we did. So yeah, so that's that's the story behind that. So So you sent this to me. Read the whole thing? You don't have to. I mean, it's up to you. So I'm just going to read, and then if I feel the whole thing's uh, good, then we'll read the whole thing. If you're reading this book as a heresy hunter, if you're wondering if I'm a Bible-believing Christian, let me make it easier. I am a heretic and an apostate, and so are my spiritual heroes like Jesus and St. Francis. A heretic is one who holds an opinion, which is what the word actually means. I hope one day to hold an opinion, maybe two or three, born out of my own experience of life in God. And for the record, Jesus wasn't a Bible-believing Christian either. Jesus was killed for holding too many opinions that were dangerously inclusive, unorthodox, and non-biblical. Jesus was a heretic before he tamed him and named him Jesus Christ. And this is the part I think you really liked. If you're wondering if I'm on the slippery slope, let me assure you, I'm at the very bottom. And from this vantage point way down here, I'm wondering what's next. I'm looking around, and I see a lot of good company. I'm actually not alone. Many others have slid down the slope with me. It's a pretty wild and exciting ride. We've died a certain kind of death, and our ideas have died a certain kind of death, all of which have created some pretty fertile soil. I see new shoots coming up in the soil. I see new life taking root. I see green where I expected to see ash. And how did we all end up in this valley, in this blooming desert, in this place of possibility and freedom? It's a gift, a gift of our times and of a new spirit of existential authenticity and courage. This has been an audio and unabridged version of Bitten by Camel. He can sue us for reading half his book. (laughs) 
But man, <laughs> so, so good. That's so good. So the whole beginning is is him going as far as I read, him telling his journey and living in Israel because he didn't know what he wanted to do with his life and he was kind of searching. He wanted to experience the real God. So he figured I'll go to Israel and move with my wife. He did a whole Mount Sinai thing happens. He gets bitten by the camel and that biting of the camel becomes a metaphor for the, how the rest of his life goes. And then the parts I'm going to, he's like kind of hitting the big touchstones of Christianity, the Bible being literal, original sin, all these things that um, you start thinking about the first time anyone tells you about evolution. And um, you start having all these questions about, well, if evolution is true and all the scientists say it's true, then that doesn't match up with the Bible. So it's very, very interesting. I cool. think it's a really good book to read after What is the Bible? Nice. Because it's still easy to read. Um, his voice in the book is super easy to understand, and it's not... Anything like theological he throws at me, he then breaks it down. Cool. Um, so I don't feel like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, very, very good book. So I'm hoping to finish it by tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm reading. It's really, really good. Sweet, man. I'm yeah. going to have to cycle reading around Reading Church, that. Finding God. It's a big old camel on the front. I love it. I love it. I love good it. Stuff, Was there anything else that you've been watching? <clears throat> anything good? Oh, man. Queer Eyes much. in Japan. Been watching Queer Eye okay. in Japan. Okay. Queer, Queer Eye sidebar. So my wife goes, you want to watch Queer Eye? Yes. Always. But no. <laughs> so she puts it on and I end up on the couch and she's sitting there and all things keep getting better. I'm already uh-huh. crying. <laughs> <laughs> the little Japanese lady comes on and she's spoiler like, alert. Oh yeah. Cause they're in Japan and man, this, she starts talking about how she takes all these orphans in and I'm like, I know I heard the one trick. If you look up and start counting, like it, it stops you from crying. Really? <laughs> it focuses your brain on something else. Oh, that's powerful. It works sometimes. Okay. So, my wife has the audacity to turn around and go, are you crying? Oh. Uh, we're watching Queer Eye. Yes, I'm crying. I'm crying. Everyone's crying. Yes. And the world is crying. So, yeah, we watched that. Um, I'm watching Watchmen on HBO. Ooh, And fun. the last, ep- uh, last season of Silicon Valley. Wow. Wow. You guys are in it. And then Rick and Morty started yesterday. Oh, South my. Park just finished. And Always Sunny in Philadelphia is every Wednesday. Dude, I've Merry Christmas. Too much stuff. But Watchmen, I'm very surprised in how good it is. Okay. It takes okay. place after the, the, the graphic novel. Nice. It is. You, you watch Westworld? Yeah. It's very much like that. Like they give you just enough to Got it. A lot of, you. A lot of set it up. Cool. Man, it is gnarly. Sweet. Very, Steph loves it too. So which Did is you know that uh, Alan Moore took his name off of the credits of the Zack Snyder film? Well, he hates everything that is in the book. If we can get him on the podcast, <laughs> he thinks he's a wizard. I don't think he knows he what a podcast is. No. Nor does he believe that he wants to lend his voice to, because it might turn into him. Yeah, I think he would put a spell on us <laughs> if we showed up here. That dude is weird. Weird. The world's yeah, longest Are you nails. watching anything? Just Queer Eye in Japan. It's so good. I so good. I, I have to give some credit to Jonathan and the boys, because they've... I don't know what it is, but they've helped me like be okay with caring about myself. Is that Thank too much you. to say? No, not at all. I take a shower, and I remember Jonathan Van Ness going, you have a few moments in the shower yep. to pay attention to yourself yep. and how you feel. And I'm like, hell yeah. And I yes. become like a Pantene Pro-V fucking yes. model, dude. You posted something on Instagram a while back of your layout of like like facial products. Yep. And people, well, this is why we were working at a church, gave you so much shit about it. I got it. a lot of shit. I'm about like, where us. in the Bible does it say you can't like have eye cream? <laughs> For, For the record, I, everyone, I know you gosh. guys are really curious. I use a, a cleanser and a moisturizer, and I use one eye cream for the morning and one eye cream for the evening. I don't think it's crazy. No. Some people thought it was real crazy, and I was like, you guys need to relax. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that was so frustrating <laughs> me. So 
they got so mad at you doing it that I had to ask you what products you bought so I could do it myself because <laughs> I have to join in. It's, you got to join in, man. Yeah, That's but that, that show is so good and I don't want to watch it because I know yeah. I'm going to cry. And I know that as soon as I start it, it's going to be over and I'm going to be like, well, damn it. It's so good. I love their format now because now all they have to do is find a translator and a celebrity who can oh, draw yeah. that demographic into that yes. season and they can go anywhere in the world and do anything. It's incredible. Yeah. So they if you're not watching it. Queer Eye, I mean, do yourself a favor. Just do it, man. Get some Kleenex. That's right. Yeah, get a, Tweeze your eyebrows. Yeah, dude. It's such a good show. But you watch anything else? No. No? That's it. I'm just cool. been it's it. been an, almost an hour. I'm proud of us. That's not bad. You know, I thought we were going to be, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, but that we was could have kept on deep. going. We went real deep. Yeah, it was too much. Real, real deep. Well, listen, that's all we have for today's episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in and checking us out. If you haven't connected with us yet on social media, it is the uh, Dirty Rotten Church Kids on, on Instagram. On Instagram. What is it on Twitter? It's, if you search Dirty Rotten Church Kids, we show up as well. Cool, cool. And yeah. if you're listening to this anywhere you get your podcast, go ahead and, what, give us a subscribe? Give us yeah, a you reading. can you can um, rate it. You could share it. You could pass it on to friends. Do all that stuff. Leave a comment. Um, yeah, all that. Uh, Dirty Rotten Church Kids at gmail.com, I believe. Is our, yeah, it's our Gmail account, too. So if anyone wants to send us an email, lewd pictures would be great. <laughs> uh, just yep, hurry but butts. Not, not a <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have to be you. It'd be any, anybody. <laughs> it be anyone. Anything you find on the bowels yeah, of the internet. Pictures of Walmart. Bowels. People, just weird people at Walmart. Uh, suggestions if uh, you want to come on the podcast. Uh, suggestions for discussions. We have a couple things lined up. We'll hopefully we want to get it done before 2020 shows up. So who knows? But I'm not going to make any promises. We're busy. Guys, yeah. thank you guys so much for checking it out. And remember, everything's, everything's going to be okay. This week's intro music was written by Rasta Grandpa and this episode was sponsored by Don Caruz. This one got kinda heavy but we hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Subscribe, rate, share and find us on the social medias at Dirty Rotten Church Kids. And hey, John MacArthur, don't be a dick. I am not a security threat. And, my middle name is Kurt, not Fart. <laughs>